0: Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the lines.com. Kids are kind of sizzling hot right now coming off a really nice Tuesday evening in the NBA here. It's Wednesday as Nate and I are bringing you the seven games that we have here with best bets in this video. Also have a play of props video up as we do each and every weekday. So go ahead and like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Also head to the lines.com and use everything that we have up on the site right now, including that prop finder tool to make sure that you're getting the best juice available to you from all these books that you are making bets with this season. Nate, let's keep things going here and get right into your C's as they take on the Hawks at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought plus 11 was a lot for the Hawks. It's moved up to plus 13, basically because it seems like DeJounte Murray is going to be out with, you know, lower back tightness, a.k.a. trade deadline. Flew. um, And he he might be, you know, one of the bigger names moved if they can get a suitable uh, callback here. But, you know, I mean, Drew Holiday is also questionable for the Celtics, first of all. But if you look at this matchup, like, I mean, they haven't beaten the Hawks by more than 12 at home in six years. And I, last I checked, DeJounte Murray was not on the team the entire time. Uh, The Hawks were absolutely terrible at that point in 2018. Not to say that they're Great defensively at all by now, but like this is the Trey Young show. Like, he's shooting 51-51 since he's come back from this from that concussion. He is, you know, one of the best offensive players in the league in that span. Hawks are scoring 135 points per game. They are three and one in clutch games. They have the most paint points, most second chance points in the A NBA in that span. Like the defense isn't doing anything well, but when you have an offense like that, it's pretty hard to bury that team by 14 points. I mean, the Celtics can do it, but, you know, we were, we're looking at this where they, when they were huge favorites against the Lakers, and at that time I didn't know that the Lakers were going to sit guys. They're they're two main guys, and then we all know what happened next. Austin Reeves lights them up. I I, I mean, bouncing back against the G League Grizzlies is, is one thing. It, it's, you know, the immediate ramifications of Joe Mazzullo being like, yo, we can't take people lightly. Like, we got to – Come with it, and I mean, but that—that's against a, a G League team. Literally, the Hawks are one of the hottest offensive teams in the league. Almost beat the Clippers. The, and if we look at the Celtics, I mean, they're—they're zero and five against the spread. Their 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 previous five at home, prior uh, prior to beating down Memphis, they they've been out rebounded. They're shooting just thirty five percent from three. They're not getting to the free throw line. Like, I just don't see this as the juggernaut earlier in the season that was able to just bury teams by 14 plus points, regardless of whether DJM plays or not like, look, they, they, they they did dominate the Hawks in some ways in their last meeting and they still only won by 10. Uh, So I I'll just take this, this huge spread. Sure.
0: Um, I I don't know how to to play the Celtics. You know that this is totally your lane. And, uh, and I'm going to let you to to own it and, and and tail you on it more than anything Um, because I, I don't, I wouldn't really, Begin to know how to, how to cap the 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 Celtics. At, even when like at home right now, I, I get everything. That's the recency number. So all, all I can think of is them like pouring in threes against a team like the Hawks. But um, probably going to be some some points in this game too. Either way, but fewer points would, would or more points would only help the the Hawks' case in that in that regard. So uh, I'm going to talk about the Pellies and the Clippers, two 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 teams that I have hated to talk about or bet on or have to cap in any way, and yet. Somehow I feel some confidence about this game uh, for some reason. So I'm going to go under uh, 231 and a half in this one. It has been bet down. Uh, obviously, some other people agreed with me when it was at 235 and um, a half. But I still think 231 is, and is, a half is decent value to get under 230 for these two teams who have gone under that number in, in both of the first two times they played this season. Um, and while both of them were, have seemed like they're playing a little bit faster over the course of the last uh, roughly like seven to ten games not so much when it's the Pellys on the road and the Clippers have been without Zubac, who is completely off of the injury report. Um, and so when he's completely off of the injury report, I think there's still some value in his props because of the fact that that hasn't been taken into account, perhaps. And uh, the the idea that he's going to play like the 29 to 30 minutes that he was playing before he got hurt, you already had his one game to come back and get ramped back into the, the minutes and played like 18 in a game that, uh, he wasn't needed quite as much uh and I think he will be needed obviously a lot more in this one Zion's questionable um I actually would like him to be in there for the under to be honest it's a bit choppier on on offense for the pels when he's in there weirdly at times I don't think it's highly correlated, but like the, the numbers over the last like year for him and the pellies are when he's out they're actually worse on defense. Um, But I I don't think he's a particularly good individual defensive player, to be honest with the outside of just being able to fly in for blocks that, you know, off of other guys, but um, in terms of the not the guy that he's guarding, but either way, like in this one, the, the other aspect of it that really stuck out to me is like the reason, I think a big reason this team, these two teams have gone under so frequently in recent history is the Clippers are all isolation ball. And we know that we know that it's just like, it's not even necessarily your turn, my turn. It's like, we're going to do a few things before we get the ball to Kawhi exactly where he wants it, which is on the, standing on the foul line, right? And he's got so much space around him because we've moved guys to the exact spots. On, like, Tyloo is very good at coaching. Let me just end it there. He knows exactly what he's doing to get his guys into spots to, to play iso ball. The problem is, is the Pellies have the best iso defenders, essentially, in the league. They're a top-four team when it comes to defending the isolation. Teams don't really try it on them, so they are, they're giving up like the second-fewest points uh, per, per, per uh, game when teams are in the isolation per possession, it's not, it's like number one, and number two as well. Right. That's so that's the impressive part is like, you don't try it on them and you don't succeed when you do try it. Now this team's going to, the Clippers are going to do what they do. Like they're still going to play that ISO ball uh, and come in. But with the, the other thing for the clips is the defense will be there for them heavily. And that's almost why I like Zion there. I think Tyloo knows exactly how to like, enhance the awful spacing that they normally have when the bellies have Brandon Ingram and Zion on the floor together and CJ, honestly, who all seem to, you know, all similar operate in similar positions on the floor. So that's why it gets choppy. Um, And now you're talking about a Clippers team coming in when they play with two to three days rest, which they're finally back home after a long road trip. Now they're finally well-rested one and seven to the over uh, when they play with two to three days rest this season. And that's a trend that like I buy into because I'm just like, what is the thing that you guys do when you are rested? What's your like calling card? And as good as they've been on offense, they're just a lockdown D especially when they have Zubach back who has been the one of the best rim protectors in the league this year, not just having like an above average season for him. He's been excellent, like top 10 in terms of his uh, personal defensive field goal percentage at the rim. So uh, yeah, I, I love him being back in there to slow things down and to play better defense uh, and the Pelicans to be able to play defense with their healthy guys like Herb Jones.
1: And you love the fact that James Harden's coming back from Atlanta, right? Uh, we talked about fading him and slowing down that offense Uh I, I mean, yeah, the Pels, I, I was looking at the over initially for this game, but then I yeah. realized my 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 logic for the Pels is that they were playing way too many fast-paced, high-scoring games. They totally reined it in, three straight unders from them, including Spurs and Rockets. And, yeah, when with, with the Clippers were able to beat them last time, it was totally defense. They did not necessarily light up this good Pelicans defense, which is now playing much better. So, I, yeah, I think yeah. both defenses will bring it here. Would rather have the plus-seven side, even though – we don't really fade the clippers here so no. so let's just fade them by by saying under yep. um my under here Cleveland at Washington under 234 and a half or the wizards team total under 111 and a half if that makes you more comfortable they're basically the same bet it, it, we're basically fading the wizards offense to have no ability to score against an elite Cavs defense and the Cavs to not be a team that's gonna you know drag you get a score 130 plus because that's what this total is basically implying like The the Wizards are scoring 107 in their last seven games here. Um, Last eight, they had gone under in seven straight before the Suns came in and dropped 140. And again, the Cavs are just not that type of team. They did score 140 on the Wizards to start this hot streak on impossibly good shooting splits. I say impossibly, but then they actually replicated it the very next game. Josh, it was one of those home-home things. But they still only scored 114 because there were 24 fewer field goal attempts. Because that was, you know, something the Wizards adjusted to. It's like, all right, maybe we slow it down a little bit here. Maybe we limit the three-point attempts. And that's what they've actually done really well. I, it's crazy to say, like, the Wizards are doing something defensively well. But they've like, they've allowed the second fewest three-point attempts in this last eight year, Holding opponents to just 10 three-point makes. To just 35% from three. Uh, so, I mean, they, they can at least hang around a little bit. Keep this Cavs team... Which, which doesn't depend on scoring to win right I mean it's their defense they they there's they're 10 and four to the under on the road since the start of December scoring 112 in those games if they face a bad o- offense it's basically under Spurs Grizzlies uh, Hawks without Trey Chicago Miami etc and then you flip it on the other side like we're the only teams the Wizards have gotten to 110 against Spurs twice Pistons yeah. twice Hawks twice the thunder. And then they got there barely in garbage time against the sun. So yeah, I'll, I'll take them to stay at one ten or lower. And then the, the Cavs to not really drag this to over the total.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I support the logic there. Um, I didn't spend as much time looking at this particular game, but everything you're saying adds up for, I mean, the Cavs' D I'll support no matter what. And with the wizards. I, yeah. I was also looking at how they've you know definitely been going under overall in general, uh, and, the, and it's, I guess, a little bit of, of better defense. It's also just a lack of offense. So like you said, there's both you're, you're sort of playing this from the angle of I'm fading the Wizards, but like I also like the game under because I don't know that the Cavs will keep like bringing it necessarily after they have a, a decent-sized lead in this one. But let me uh, close it out with the Dubs, talking about Philly, and the reason I'm even talking about this game is because I think Tyrese Maxey is out, even though he's still listed as questionable. Everything that the books have done since the, the the official questionable tag for Maxi last night has been to change their spreads as though he's not playing, right? The, the two key ones that I'm looking at are the original uh, spread of this game was minus one and a half for the, the Warriors, who are on the road still. Um, and if they hadn't had an impressive win... <laughs> An impressive win against the Nets. It was impressive because the Warriors won on the road in a low-scoring game. But I heard myself say, impressive win against the Nets. And I was like, I can't finish that sentence in all seriousness. And that brings me to how I still don't believe in them at all. And I don't believe in their offense. But more, just as importantly, who is going to score for the Sixers outside of Tobias Harris once you lose Tyrese Maxey? Now you don't have he or JoJo Embiid or D'Anthony Mellon or Robert Covington or Nick Batum. Even more importantly, Nick Batum has actually played some decent minutes for them, um, being able to score off the three and, and step inside and hit, hit the mid-range. So without those guys, I'm like... B-Ball B- Paul is going to score I guess like I, I don't I don't believe in this offense At all Kelly Oubre is going to be up at 19 And a half but the other thing that indicates the books are Like yo, know Maxie's not playing is Tobias Harris went from 21 and a half points on His points prop to 25 and a half points Over the last like 12 hours Somebody hit it back down from 25 and was like All right let's tone it down and now it's back to 24 and a half but I've been closely Monitoring this stuff for the last like three hours And that's been the fluctuation of Toby Harris props as it becomes more and more clear to people That like Maxie doesn't seem like he's someone knows that Maxi isn't playing because the books all shot it up at the same time after one of them figured it out, etc. So the the thing with the under here is that scares you is this Sixers team cannot D up at all pretty much anywhere on the floor. The thing that they are like doing decently well is limiting second chance points. Uh and the Dubs have been c- crashing the offensive glass uh and in the glass in general cuz they're also limiting all of your second chance points and getting defensive rebounds. And they've slowed things down after we started to saw them go crazy for 10 games in a row. That's kind of what I'm banking this on as well is they're finishing up a road trip. They've started to slow down as the road trip has come to the end of it. Um, and And now uh, if you look at the last five games, their fourth in defensive rating, fourteenth in offensive rating, and that was completely flipped for the previous ten games where they were just running and gunning, averaging, games averaging like two fifty two or something two fifty one over the course of their prior like te- you know seven games or so. Now that you look at the last five. It has slowed down. The pace on the road has been a 98 over the last seven, whereas they were playing, like I said, overall a 101 pace for a, a number of games in a row. Um, and just like I said, without Maxi in there, this offense is going to be stagnant because if you look at that, that 76ers offense, Man, like over the course of the last however many games you want to take, especially the last five for this team, like you're just 30 and the, the uh, thir- they're dead last in in terms of everything down low. Obviously, scoring paint, field goal percentage, the amount of paints points that they're getting. Um, they're shooting everywhere from uh, everywhere outside of court and really even the quarter three. It's just been awful. Uh, bottom five in the league over the course of the last five, you really realize well, obviously, they don't have D'Anthony Melton. A lot of their three-point shooting at times, especially Maxi's, was heavily dependent on being catch-and-shoot guys because Joel was able to get assists out from the post, which Nick Nurse has helped him with this year. So, all of the, I mean, if you want to fade just the the six 76ers points because you look at their defense and you're like, Ugh, I don't know, I think even the Warriors are going to get 120 on them. I can see that, but the Warriors have not scored 120 on the road, but once out of their last five road games. So, it just seems like 119.5 is high for them, and overall for the game, I don't trust Philly to score, so I'll just take the under half as a whole.
1: Yeah, I mean I haven't seen this in a while that they, they use the odds finder tool and Oubre is at sixteen and a half points, half half the books, nineteen and a half at the others. Same thing with Tobias. It's just yeah, everyone's just like trying to trying to guess whether Maxie's gonna miss this game. Right. Um and, and yeah, drive. the Sixers are hella fadable if he is. Like, so yeah, whether whether you want to bet on like Ubre props because somebody's got a score, and he's gonna be able to shoot like 18 times, go for it. Uh I would just take the Warriors spread here. I mean, yeah. we've seen the we saw the the Sixers with nobody in there give up one thirty to Portland, remember? So like sure. The Warriors could could light it up this, you know, they haven't hit 120 in a while. This might be the night. Yeah, that, that's that's
0: fair. And, and I do think the, the five is still a, a good number in the really sh- seemingly slim chance that Tyrese Maxey plays <laughs> goes for 40. That would be how this game stays under five. So it does seem like there's that's a slightly smaller chance of happening than uh, than, than not. So let's go ahead and kick it off here with these player props and Scotty Bonds.
1: Yeah, we got seven games here, but I guess we are both all over this Charlotte Toronto game. Love love some terrible defenses and teams that have no plans to win this year when you're looking for overs. So Scotty Barnes to get the whole pile of stats over 34 and a half PRA. Um, I, I love that. I mean, the one thing I was concerned about is well, well, PJ Washington might be a pretty good matchup for him, but no. His last two against Charlotte, Scotty, 26 and a half points, 13.5 rebounds, eight and a half assists. He does have a thirty-one point triple double in there. The next game, ten days later, PJ uh, went from the bench to the starting lineup, and Scotty just roasted him. Plus twenty-two versus a minus nineteen for PJ Washington. So that's not a problem. Uh, you look at—I mean, Scotty when when he faces a pretty good defense, um, he goes under like Pelicans, Bulls. Nick's clips, and then he faces bad defenses. He goes over Memphis, Thunder, Hawks. Even, even the Rockets are pretty good defense there. But this Hornets defense is, is is defenseless. I mean, the coach, Clifford, came out and said, like, our problem is we don't have any talent. And that is just, <laughs> like, so transparent and so true. And the just, uh, you know, looking at the front office there. But in their last eight, since they let go of Terry Rozier, it, they, they are allowing the highest field goal percentage in the league. Worst defensive rating, uh, 125, second most assists, fourth most rebounds. Toronto's right there with them. They're both bottom five defenses. Uh, So I kind of like that for going back and forth here. Toronto is third in assist rate, which is great for for Scotty, who's playing that point forward. And um, Charlotte giving up the second highest assist ratio. So there's a reason he's been having success against them so far this season. And uh, yeah, I mean, after Toronto made those moves, they they definitely invested even more in Mr. Barnes uh, running their offense. So I uh, <clears throat> think he will have a big game here.
0: Yeah, totally. I, th- I mean, look, there's exploitable stuff in this, in this matchup. So we'll talk about it. Cause I'm talking about Jakob Pertl. I'm going right back to him. Uh, he was at 15 and a half points and rebounds because the books were slow to realize that he was back to normal minutes, I guess, or everybody was, somebody was, uh, and he, he, crush that number with 19 points last game uh and that disappointing loss to the thunder for for the Raps. but now he's at 20 and a half points and rebounds and I'm okay with that because he's playing the Charlotte Hornets who don't have anybody to defend the, the center position as we've seen Mark Williams I don't know if or when he'll come back I don't know anybody I mean Gordon Hayward might come back <laughs> that doesn't equal rim protection um so yeah there there's not much there for them they are Essentially dead last. They they can sort of trade back and forth at times with the wizards for who allows more rebounds and points to centers. Um and and whomever wants to to hold that crown. But uh, at this point for Perdle, like it does come down to the minutes too. And it's it's similar situation for my other prop, to be honest, where like guys coming back from injury, the minutes should be at about 25, 26. You do worry, I don't even actually sorry, you might worry about blowout potential, but I don't. Um, to be honest with you, there are stats that indicate that Charlotte is gonna hang around in this game and is live to win it um so with, with all that said like that's not a, there's no like purdle and and a money line prop or a bet here there's just purdle to actually be needed in there to like dominate down low in the paint and it is a situation where I, I, you know, at times I was worried that Pirtle, if you track his minutes, you're like, oh, he's only going to play big minutes in games where he has to play good centers where, you know, he's got to be in there. Not the case, right? That That is the case for some of these big centers. But for for Pirtle, uh, he's just averaged the, the 28 minutes or so like he had before he got hurt. Uh, he, he was down to 25 if you include like the, the, in, the game he got injured and, and missed. But um, I, I see him as fully healthy back in here. Charlotte still continues to have. I mean, if you look at everything down low for them. The amount of times that people are going to the rim on them is uh, second most, and they have the worst field goal percentage at the rim. Do with that what you will. They are giving up uh, bottom five in second chance points. Their uh, defensive rebound percentage as well is laughably bad. Um, and, yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't really know. I can't find anything that's like, well, you know what? They do this kind of decent. Nope, there's nothing here on on, on defense. Uh, like I said, second uh, worst defensive rebound percentage in the league. So, yeah, I think Pertle is is where you go. I'm sure Scottie Barnes is going to have his way. Like Pascal would have been a good bet in here. But we'll give those minutes and those 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 sort of um, offensive rebounds and opportunities to Scottie Barnes and Jakob Pertle. They'll just split them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we have to officially make a bonus lean here for the over in this game at 226. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just, yeah, the the Raptors are giving up 130 in their last eight know. year. They're one in seven. Like this is when you see these two teams, you think like, oh, this is going to be a gross, low scoring game. But like, that's not where we're at. They are both pivoting hard. They have offloaded yep. assets. They're moving to the future. And the future of the NBA is games that total about 240. Um, and speaking of which, the future for Charlotte is Brandon Miller, number two overall pick yep. over 22 and a half points. You got to keep going with this. I mean, the usage rate is insane. 31.5% is last five, getting 29 points. Last two, it's spiked to 36%, and he's scoring 34 a game. Uh, like I said, Toronto is hemorrhaging points. They're allowing 52% from the field. Now, Gordon Hayward might return here, but even with Gordo and Rogier, who takes about at least 20 shots a game, in the lineup, Miller had 20 points against Toronto on December 8th on pretty um, you know, efficient shooting. And now he's shooting the ball like 25 plus times. Like it, it just doesn't matter. He's gone under this once against the bulls. They, you know, kudos to them. But even when the Hornets only scored 99 as a team against Indiana, Miller had 35 points and took two twenty-five 25 shots. Like this is just the, the only purpose of their season right now is to get Brandon Miller as much usage and, and get him as much shots up as possible. Like, Gordon Hayward coming back probably on a minute's limit at this stage in his career on a lost team. Like, I don't even know why he would play, Um, you know, but yeah, I don't think it's really that important. I think you just got to use Miller against a team. That's, that's, that's given up a ton of points in the Raptors. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if Gordon Hayward
0: wasn't hurt the whole season, he'd he'd be on the block. (laughs) Like he, he'd be a, a tradable asset. There's no, like commitment to getting him on the floor in any way, shape or form. We've both been targeting Brandon Miller since the, uh, the, since the trade for Tara Rosier and we go, Oh, sick. 18 field goal attempts a game just came our way over here to a guy that they, we know that they're going to, uh, you know, instill uh, some confidence into so that they can, you know, get him going for, for the future seasons. And like, He's good. He's very good. He's very good mid-range player, which we've all learned. If his three continues to get better, which it has, I feel, the th- well, I've seen it get better through the course of the season, that only makes the rest of his game more dangerous because he is very good going to the rim also, um, and, and yeah, Toronto outside of, of Pirtle, who, like I said, should be getting 28 minutes on the sheer premise that like nobody else can protect the rim for this Raptors team. They don't even have a precious Achua in there, who's not even good at protecting the rim, but he would be their best, right, like outside of Pertle. So yeah, Brandon Miller should be able to, to keep getting his volume. Uh, let me finish, it up, finish up here with... Show favorite. I know I can speak for both of us when I say Yvika Zubach is, is a show favorite. Um, and we're going to go over 15 and a half PR for the big man because we get him some value here coming off of the injury report. He's completely healthy. No more questionable tags for him. No more out tags for Zubach. Um, and so he's averaged uh, 20 minutes in his last two games as he's come back. He also missed another game after they played on a back to back, right? And they were like, well, we don't, we'll just get you healthy and we'll play you in four nights when you're back home. So now he's had like four nights, five nights since his last game. Um, and, like we, we talked about in the best bets video, this clips team is back home. They are a different team uh he He is a pretty impactful player for them because of the fact that he slows things down and he plays such good defense uh, and so the the six and a half boards is really somewhat criminal for him he He, he has actually gone under that once over his last uh, four games versus Joval here as they're playing the Pellies, uh, Jonas Valanciunas. But that is what I look for. Like in these guys matchup, they just they go at each other and they both get the minutes and they both get their props, to be honest with you. Uh, and especially Zubach, who has gone over this number uh, in all four of the last four verses. Oval. Um Sometimes he's gotten like nine boards and uh, roughly, you know, 13 points or 10 points, but he's gotten over and he really has gotten the points consistently as well, um, which are at a pretty low number for him tonight, I believe about eight and a half. The reason I don't like taking Zubac points alone is like, I noticed that he doesn't get the ball towards the end of the game if it's close. And I think we both think this is a close game where we would never hang the seven. We would actually take it if we were uh, betting aside in this one, probably feel better about the Pelis covering a larger spread, even as good as the Clippers are. But that just indicates to me that it's going to be a closer game um, where Zubac is going to be needed. So this is just a discrepancy in the minutes. Like he he, prior to the injury, he was playing 30 minutes a game. Right. And now this number is basically pegging him at like 18 minutes, 22 minutes a game or in in this game. And that's just too low for me because if he's completely off the injury report, he's going over and he went over in nine of his previous 10 versus uh, on this number, because this prop was up at about 18 and a half, 19 and a half before he got hurt. Uh, And so that's where I think it should be now that he's completely healthy in a game that they're going to want him to be able to bang down low.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're going to absolutely need him. The Pelicans are huge uh, with Joe Val leading the way. So, yeah, I, I don't have that much worry about him him getting benched. Um, yeah, this is a really good find if he is off the minutes limit here. Uh, I guess you got to maybe look for a little more intel or tea leaves to indicate like he's, he's a full go. But being off the injury report, yeah, like what else do you want to see? Um, and and they definitely prefer him to protect the rim. I guess you want Zion to be in there, which is what you're saying for best bets, because like more Zion means more. You need more rim protection, and and Zoo has been one of the best in the league doing that.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to try to predict if Zion is or isn't playing. To be honest with you, I I, I just want him to to not tonight. To be honest with you, to be uh, or I'm sorry. I do I want him to play tonight. To, uh, to get that choppy big man lack of spacing in there. So that is all the time we have for you and play props though. Continue to follow along. As I said, we have a best bets video up as well on the page. So subscribe if you would like the video and until we see you next. Happy betting. No,